Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of Shit Talk and Banter Podcast. Today's guest is the one and only Chesney Hawks. See what I've done there? Um, he begged me not to do it. <laughs> Uh, it was amazing uh, chat to talk with uh, with an idol of the uh, of the nineties, and of course everyone knows his song. Um, but it was good to obviously get things that you can't just find on the internet um, about someone. So yeah, definitely give this one a listen if you're if you're a fan of him or if you're a fan of obviously the type of music that he does or nineties music in general. Uh, if you haven't already, please uh, subscribe, have a little like of this here video, and if you could share it with as many people as possible, that'd be much appreciated. Enjoy the episode. And follow us on the social media handles too. Enjoy. I'm just going to be disappointed. <laughs> we, could, we, could, we could do it all again and be, be actors. <laughs> we could be actors, but do you know what? I'm not going to do that because it's just bullshit. For people who are just tuning in anyway. Um, we had a bit of technical difficulty. I got it out of my system by saying the one and only Chesney Hawks is here, but I'm not going to do it again because we're not about that, aren't we, not Chesney? No, that's not what we're about, mate. We no. are, you know, we, we we keep our integrity and we, we let everyone know exactly what's happening. Exactly. And and here we are, take two. Yes, exactly. <laughs> one take two here now. Hopefully, fingers crossed, everything's good. But um, anyway, how are you keeping, man? I'm so glad that you've done yeah. this. No, I'm good, mate. I'm good. I'm actually, um, I'm here in the UK at the moment. Um, I live in Los Angeles, so I, uh, I kind of commute between London and LA, which is kind of ridiculous. Uh, and so I'm, I'm in between gigs uh, while I'm here. And while I am in between gigs, I, I stay uh, at my folks' place. And this is where I am right now. So I'm sitting by the river to my, nice. you can't see, but to my right is literally the River Thames. Oh, brilliant. And my dad uh, pottering about on by his boat right now so. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing no way well I, i'm actually based in wembley so but i think i think you're, you're in the east aren't you no we, we are actually in uh like a surrey so it's oh, uh, okay, cool. west of you i'm not far from you at all we're like 20 minutes away that's amazing we should have flipped met in person but you probably your security team probably no we've seen that guy on youtube you don't want to be they would have rabbi tackled you to the ground before you got anywhere near me <laughs> yeah exactly definitely <laughs> um no but like i said before we start recording um w- w- with yourself there's only been a few um celebrities that i've actually got in contact with who have been responsive straight away and like very down there so i'm really glad that you're here and we can have a bit of a talk because you're obviously uh, one of the icons that um, I've grew up with myself and um, listen to your music all the time. And um, I'm not going to like, you know, I'm not going to, how should I say it, like big you up or say like that I listen to like all your music because I mean, the one song that obviously came to mind was is the there one, one song in particular you listen to. Uh, or is it? <laughs> is it no, I but... know what it is. It's my Jazz Fusion album. That's the one you like. That was it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How did I know it, <laughs> no, that that song, um, I, like my dad, he I obviously grew up with um, listening to like 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s music and um, yeah. that there was always on my playlist. Like I have a, pre, a playlist called Pre-Naughties and um, it's always like the first one that I add into it anytime I make like a new Spotify account or something like that. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's kind of surreal that I'm talking to you, but no, I love it. Um, great. But yeah, yeah well, that's great. It's a good start. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so i mean um, you know if you were interviewing me and you hated that song it would kind of be a bit weird wouldn't it 
It would be, but have you? I think you probably have had some people that have said, to you, oh, that song fucking does my head in." Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. does that does happen. That does happen. Hey, it does my fucking head in. <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, you know. There was, uh, but I've had, I've, I've had thirty odd years of it, so you know. Yeah, exactly. That well, I, I couldn't imagine it. Like, I think it's a great song. Um, I was listening to Joe Rogan, and he had uh, the lead singer Counting Crows on, and. Um, Mr. Jones was obviously um, a big massive hit and he said that he fucking hated the song like he said he was grateful obviously for what <laughs> it got him and stuff like that but he just said that like it got to a point where it was being played so much and people like in the streets yeah. and all would have walked up to him and said that they actually hated him and the song and the band because <laughs> the song yeah. was being played so much <laughs> yeah I mean there is a little bit of that there's that kind of overexposure thing that can definitely hurt a song uh, but then there's certain songs I feel like that just kind of stand the test of time. And, I, you know, I'm very grateful that that I think the one and only stand uh, sits in that category. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I didn't play it throughout the 90s, to be quite honest with you. After that, after the kind of madness time, I didn't play it right all the way right until the noughties, to be honest. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I didn't even go out as me. You know, I, I, I went I had you know different band names and, and I was playing to three men in a jack russell you know and, and and it you know with the amp would blow up and stuff like that and if anyone asked for the one and only just tell them to bugger off you know yeah. um so i had my ups and downs with the song uh but i feel like i got that out of my system uh mm-hmm. you know by the by the time the millennium came around and you know it's funny because the reason i started playing as me again is i got a gig uh or a couple of gigs in student universities here here in in england Mm-hmm. Uh, like in Nottingham and Lincoln, I think it was. And I, this was like probably 2000, 2001, something like that. And I was very nervous about playing those gigs because they wanted me to do the one and only, of course, and, and some other songs. Yeah. But I, I, I was so nervous because I thought that most people, especially at a university, would not remember who I, who I was, <laughs> you know, because those people, they would have been like, you know, nine or 10 years old when the one and only came out. <laughs> uh, and I just thought, well, they're just going to have forgotten me, you know. And yeah. so, but I didn't need to worry because, you know, what happened in that time, which I, I was completely nothing to do with and I had no idea was happening, was that the song was kind of being handed down, you know, and it had be actually become a student anthem, you know, 10 years later. Um, and then, you know, time is a funny thing because it, you know, it gives you this kind of like cult thing, you know, like, you know, it it becomes like almost iconic because it was in people's childhood. Um, You know, it's just funny how that happens because I would never, that's something that I never anticipated, you know? Yeah. I I think, uh, I think the song, like you said, yeah, it's, it's kind of become like this, like sort of like pop culture sort of thing where like, it's just associated with the nineties, but it's kind of weird because that whole album that you had a body song, it's kind of like, I think it's mostly 80s, but that would have been right because like it, it kind of gives me more of an 80s feel than 90s feel, but that would have been right, wouldn't it? Because you would have been recording during 80s for the album. Would that be correct? Uh, yeah, I would say that there's an 80s connection there. And Nick, Nick Kershaw, who wrote one, the one and only, he always says, you know, because I, I do get lumped in with the 80s sometimes and, some, you know, I'll, I'll play all the kind of let's rock, rewinds, all these kind of heritage uh um, festivals that are that are 80s and I'm backstage with Nick Kershaw and Howard Jones and Go West and you know oh, Tapao and Holly Johnson and all these great great artists Amazing. um and then when I we got art and when I when they say so what was it like in the 80s I'm like 
uh well i was a teenager <laughs> you know i i was my record didn't come out till 91 but there's a connection there because nick always says you know well i did write the song in 89 so uh yeah. you know and then nick Herschel co-produced the record too so it's got to have some kind of 80s dna in there you know yeah. so i feel like the uh you know backstage at these these gigs they they all know me and you know i feel like that kind of the adopted younger brother if you see what i mean <laughs> Because they're yeah, all in their kind of sixties, and I'm I just turned fifty, so yeah. so yeah, I'm I'm glad because I get you know I I'm I'm able to kind of do you know both eighties and the nineties festivals because of that, you know. Yeah, definitely. No, I I I, I get it one hundred percent, but I I feel like yeah, it's I I. I would have liked it to have been more so in the 80s, to be honest. I, I'm a big 80s fan, um, and it just yeah. it always gives me the 80s, 80s feels whenever it, it comes out. And I actually didn't think that it was in the 90s whenever I was growing up, and me and my dad were watching like VH1, like Guest a Year or something like that. And I was like, oh, that's definitely 89, 89, 88 or something like that. And then my dad was like, no, no, it's not. It's 91. I was just like, you're wrong. You're definitely wrong. It is, it is 88, 89. And then he was just like, it's so you, not. Your dad, your dad won that bet. <laughs> Yeah, he did. He did win that bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I get it all the time. I guess, you know, so many times I'm talking with journalists that like, you know, ask me about the 80s and and, I, and my, my stock answer is, well, I was in school. Uh, but, you know, you know, it's it's just one of those things. I just get, uh, you know, I always get 80s icon Jesse Hawks or 80s pop star, you know. It's like, you know well, so did you do your research, like love? <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly. Do your research. Um, did you like? So obviously you mentioned like those big names like Nick Crenshaw. Like how how did that like come about? Like, did you like send a couple of tapes out to different like music record labels or, um, like were you like spotted somewhere at, like a gig? Like how did that come about? Um, well the Nick Kershaw connection came about. I I starred in a film with Roger Daltrey, um, called Buddy Song, which is where mm -hmm. that you know all came from. Yeah. Um, and the film was a musical film. So there were, you know, I wrote a few songs in the film. There's other people that had written songs in uh, that, that Buddy was supposed to be singing because he was a singer songwriter. Uh, and so we made the film um, soundtrack from the songs from the film. But then the record label, um, you know, loved the, loved the record. And they always said that, they said, but, you know, perhaps perhaps there's a couple of extra songs we could we could uh, look for, for maybe maybe to help with the singles, you know, and that kind of thing. So um, there were many people writing and and trying to trying to get on this record because it was on a major record label. So that's mm. what kind of happened in those days. And um, my dad actually found the song. He was he was friends with uh, Nick Kershaw's publisher. And uh, mm -hmm. I remember he brought, he went for lunch with him. He brought back a cassette, which I still have, would you believe, um, <laughs> of, of Nick Kershaw songs. It was like 20 Nick Kershaw songs. And I, I they've still got little asterisks by the one and only. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so, but it was a song that kind of brought, got brought to the team. And the team was huge because we had record, we had the record producer, the film producers, the director the record label the management i mean there's so many different you know people involved mm -hmm. and it really didn't go down very well um you know they they thought well it's a bit of an outside song i'm sure we could do something ourselves so it nearly didn't happen and, and i was a massive nick kershaw fan in the 80s so i my main kind of drive for wanting to do that song was i might get to meet nick kershaw yeah <laughs> you know but of course, you know, eventually um, the record label came to their senses and heard heard something in the song and put my vocal on it. And 
I got to meet Nick Kershaw and the rest is history. <laughs> That's crazy how it works. Isn't that mad that like, there's so many stories of that, like these yeah. like record label companies who don't think that songs are going to be as big as they are. And then they, whenever they blow out of the water, it's kind of like, a, it's just like a ha ha, I told you so. Yeah, but I mean, what happens is a lot of people come out of the woodwork saying, yeah, I was I was the one who put that together or, you know, I always knew that was a hit, you know, mm. it's funny. That happens a lot. People trying to take credit. But really, yeah. I always say it was my dad that heard it and he was the one that came to came to me with the song and he was the one who was pushing for for the song to be recorded. Yeah. So, yeah, if it wasn't for the old man, it probably wouldn't have happened. <laughs> and would you say you're quite close with your dad? Yeah, very close. Yeah. yeah. I'm watching him here pottering around on his boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were very close. Does it like, what, did it like hurt him whenever like you left and you went to LA? Uh, yeah, that wasn't easy. Um, you know, because uh, I have three kids as well um, and they were pretty young when we moved. And, and also my dad was diagnosed with uh, a cancer um, 10 years ago. Right. Uh, right at the time we were mo moving so yeah that was that was a pretty difficult time actually um, but uh, as it turns out when as soon as we moved uh, you know I started to get loads of work over here mm -hmm. so they see me more they have more quality time with me now um, because you know when I when I had a family here I would come and I'd visit and they'd be like right right I've got to go I've got to go pick up the kids or whatever it is you mm -hmm. know whereas now I get up in the morning and and make mum and dad a cup of tea and you know I, I can actually have quality time with them it's quite nice i'm a yeah, 50 year old man living with my parents it's kind of, <laughs> <laughs> there's some, yeah. something to be said there honestly <laughs> you, you don't look 50 and um i'm not just saying that to like lick your balls or anything like you don't <laughs> um so that's good that it's going for you um <laughs> That yeah, I, I would say that'd be that'd be kind of tough. Especially, it seems like from what you've told me from that short story, it seems like your dad had quite a big influence on your career. So I, I can imagine, you know, obviously like getting up and leaving, especially what you said, the, based on the circumstances, and you had the young children as well, and um, that that is mad. What was the reason for going to LA? Was it for work purposes, or what? What was kind of the reasoning? Well, my wife is American, and she was here yeah. with me in in the UK for uh, like seventeen years. And um, we always thought about maybe going back to the States at one point, at some, you know, some point. But it wasn't a, a particular job or anything like that. It was more adventure. You know, mm -hmm. uh, we, we actually had a pretty good life over here. A great house. Kids were happy in school and everything else. I had my studio at the house. It was all good. I started work doing a lot of writing and producing um, young artists. And so things were looking good. Uh, but then, you know, I remember talking to my wife at one point and uh, saying, life's good, isn't it? And then she just said, yeah, but is this it? <laughs> that was, with those three words, it kind of upturned our life. And, uh, you know, we before you knew it, we were on our way to L.A., you know. Crazy. That's amazing. I, I mean, it's not a bad place to go to, is it? From, you know, from dull England to go over to, uh, to L.A. You've got the sunshine there, of course. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't call England dull by any means. Um, I'm very, you know, I, this is still home for me and, and I do yeah. miss a lot about it. You know, um, there's certain things that uh, all expats that move to the States would say, you know, there, there's a definitely a different kind of community spirit over there that yeah. it, 
I, I miss over here. You know, that, that kind of pub banter, footy banter. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's actually, I think the main reason is because of pub culture. I really do. Because pubs yeah. over here are almost like churches. You know, <laughs> that's where people gather. And that's where, yeah. it's where all the gossip happens. It's where, it's where families meet and people, you know, it's, it's like family almost, you know. Yeah. Um, they they have bars but it's not the same it's like you know you get your drunks and and people that go to bars in the afternoon or whatever but if you go to a pub over here it's like it's just a kind of a normal thing you know <laughs> let's go yeah, and grab yeah. a couple of pints and whatever it is um yeah so i i think that that is uh is something i i definitely miss being over there yeah i uh i i can sympathize with you and i'm, I'm really uh, to that also um I, I moved over to australia for like three years and um it uh it, it was kind of the same vibe over there Um not i mean obviously like a lot a lot of british people you know moved over to over to sydney um, so there was quite like there was still like that pop culture, but it just wasn't the same as it was yeah. here. If that kind of well, obviously it makes sense to you. Um, yeah, there there's just something different, and I think that's a good analogy. It's like a church, like where everyone goes, like congregate and like meet up with each yeah. other and see like how how it's going. But I, I could imagine like some bars in LA would be, um, not like I wouldn't say like pretentious, but like they wouldn't be like. They just wouldn't be like you're you're local down here, would they? No, it's not like you, you you wouldn't go up and just talk to people so easily as you would in a pub. It's more like uh, you know they'll show the basketball on big screens or you know mm. baseball or whatever. And uh, I don't know, it's it's just a different atmosphere, a different culture. That, that that's all it is. It, you know, this. I mean, who's to say what's what's good and bad? You know, I I think mm. it's just because I grew up here and that's that's what I like. You know, because you know I I love that kind of you know banter that we have here in the uk yeah. you know and it's a it's a very different vibe it might just be the people as well you know <laughs> yeah i think so like in australia the people weren't they didn't have the same banter like i, I would say things sometimes or like i would quote like only fools and horses or like them between yeah, us yeah. and no one knew what the fuck i was talking about i was like mm, this is weird yeah. <laughs> i know it is weird when you don't have the same cultural references it really is uh yeah. it's different it really is but you start to get to know you know what their cultural reference points are and yeah. you know because i'm married to an american and you know there's things like gilligan's island and the carol burnett show that that nobody knows over here yeah. uh, but they're massive over there you know and they people <laughs> grow up with them you know there yeah. are certain cross pollinations like um you know uh i guess like the a team or <laughs> so, yeah some things exactly. that were, were still massive over here as well but like you know they wouldn't know as you say only fools and horses um 40 towers even yes, um yeah. you know uh, monty bottom. python was huge over there <laughs> yeah Molly bottom, python, and yeah. nobody yeah nobody would know the young ones you know yes so, exactly so you can't you can't quote rick mail and, and aid edmondson <laughs> over there you know it's just and because because you, you know your friends that you grew up with grew up with in the same culture it's uh you know you have those reference points and you can yeah you can laugh about them you know it's it's just a different thing and i have great really? mates over there really good friends you know we just don't talk about those things yeah or, exactly. or you try and educate them you know it's like after a couple of beers you're like you've never seen bottom oh my <laughs> god right when you get home get on youtube <laughs> you know yeah 
No, I definitely, I, I definitely get it. And um, speaking of obviously cultural references, I didn't know this for some reason. I don't know why I didn't know it. And um, I was just going to do it on purpose. And then I thought, do you know what? No, I'll be respectful to him. I was going to wear my Liverpool top. And um, but I know you're a big <laughs> hammer, aren't you? I am. I am, mate. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, but I have to say, I actually really like Liverpool. Uh, and my son, um, my 16 year old son's football crazy and is is a West Ham fan. In fact, if he wasn't a West Ham fan, he wouldn't be able to live in my house. So, <laughs> yeah, the you know, that's just <laughs> that's just the way it is, you know. Uh, but, you know, West Ham have had our uh, moments with Liverpool, like, you know, the FA Cup and 2008 was it something like 2006 i think it was actually and i yeah, went to that ma- i went to that match and you know steven gerrard broke my heart oh what a goal though that was a brilliant goal what a goal right yeah, yeah from outside the area and just like and it was like the 91st minute or something stupid you know yeah well <laughs> here you. chesney you're talking about breaking hearts i see whenever we drew if you or no sorry we didn't draw if you beat us at, at your ground this year uh free two yeah we did yeah. and I yeah okay don't rub it in um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah I was I knew you see that one game I kind of knew in in the back of my head I was like that's gonna definitely come back to bite us and then we drew a spurs as well and those those couple of those points two games them, did it. you know what I mean could it could have done it first but that's football at the end of the day I'm not... but you know you can you can go into games like that you know and, and look at each you know it's like we lost to Burnley when we should have beaten them and you know <laughs> certain games where you look back you're like shit if we'd have won that game like we should have then we'd we'd have finished sixth and we get the europa league so i mean you know you're you're thinking like we would have won the premiership you know so i don't you know it's just it's just football man that's that's it that's how it goes i know but you have those feelings don't you there's like certain games like i i don't know why like i I could handle like you know drawn against chelsea and man city because i kind of like expected it but i think it was because i thought we were going to beat Tottenham and west ham that like i think that's why it sticks with me more if you know what i mean i'm not saying the thing the thing is about west ham like you know i hear what you're saying i do but it is typical west ham we will lose to you know the the lower clubs or the clubs yeah. that you would think that we would beat like you know your Burnies of the world I'm gonna keep saying Burnie I shouldn't say it. Uh, <laughs> no. let's say Brighton let's say Brighton <laughs> it's terrible or Norwich Norwich even you know yes but then we will we will you know step up against Liverpool Man City you know Tottenham yeah. for some reason Chelsea we beat Chelsea we beat Man City we beat Liverpool this this season yeah and it's like you know it's typical West Ham we'll go and beat Chelsea one week and then next week lose to Norwich you know it's like it's just the way it goes you know so no, never think it. never think that that west ham are going to be an easy get easy match man i don't i don't man i just i, I just the run that we were on i thought that it, it was going to happen yeah, and then um, it's kind of funny you, you said that about your um about your son like in liverpool and um, for, for my dad for some reason he his second team he always has like a soft spot for west ham so there must be like yeah. something going on there between liverpool i think and west there ham is fans. a connection there because i think there's a, a, an affinity with the way that we play because Liverpool mm. is definitely, uh, it's all about flair, pay, uh, f- uh, fair, flair. Yes. <laughs> I can't even yes. talk. It's about flair, p- play. Jesus, what's the matter with me? <laughs> it's like a tongue twister, that one, isn't it? Because you're a rock um, star player. Yeah, that's where I could get away with it. I've, all, you know, yeah. I've already had, I just had a bottle of whiskey, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's about, you know, attractive play and, you know, passing, ticky-tacky play, you know. Yeah. And, and I think that, that West Ham is the same. Um, you know, it's all about that. We wouldn't be happy. Us, us West Ham fans would not be happy if we played, you know, for for a one nil win. You know, it, like Burnley. Just, 
like like Burnley, like the old Arsenal, you know, like George Graham yeah. Arsenal, you know. Yes. Uh, vintage Arsenal, shall we say? Yeah, I get, no, I get that. And um, no, I, I do. I, I think I have a kind of like a soft spot for West Ham as well. It's because it hasn't had as much money pumped into it, like obviously the other clubs have. So I think it's kind of like the yeah. underdog underdog sort of feeling with it. Like you get certainly like, playing, teams playing, you know, teams like Liverpool for sure. You know, it's always a good game, though. Liverpool, yeah. West Ham's always a great game, no matter yeah, what true. the outcome. Yeah, that is true. Um Okay, moving off from football, all my uh, listeners are going to be like, oh, God. Yeah, your female listeners again. will be like, all right, let's turn over now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, one thing I did want to actually touch on you with was, um, obviously, like you had mentioned that you were a team during the 80s, and whenever like you, you kind of got like your big break, like how was it like mentally on you? Like, were you like, was there like a sense of like overwhelmness on you? Or like, did you have people around you to like, you know, that were able to support you? Yeah, I did have people around me uh, that supported me. Um, I was lucky that I grew up in a kind of a rock and roll household. My dad was in a band called the Tremolos and they had like, you know, 13 top 10 hits in the 60s and all my dad's mates were like 60s superstars like Jerry Marsden and uh, the Searchers and the Marmalade and all these those bands. So really? fame was never, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so fame was never a that. weird for me you know so when when i when it came to my turn to kind of step up to the platform as it were it would didn't feel weird you know um so as far as overwhelm yeah i think anybody that has that kind of success that kind of quickly like it happened with me is going to be overwhelmed um but i did i think i took it in my stride more than most people would just because i'd been around it my whole life um, I also had my brother, my, you know, who was two years younger than me. So he was 17 when all that kicked off and he was the drummer in my band. It still is. Oh, okay. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, when you've got your, when you've got your sibling with you um, and, you know, you act like a dickhead uh, <laughs> and, you know, get all big headed or whatever, you've got your, you've got your little brother calling you an idiot. You know what I mean? So, yeah. It, you know that definitely helped keep my feet on the ground and still does you know he's still my best friend really and uh and uh you know he he was so grounding for me um in those days when it was all really crazy you know and he could see when i was when i'd had too much he he looked after me you know yeah. he's uh i know he's my younger brother but you know he it, it, we've been in situations. I mean, my brother's been punched a few times, you know, it's like, <laughs> so have a lot of my friends actually. Um, just because in those days back then, when you had that kind of pop star fame, that kind of heartthrob fame, it'd be, you know, you, you could be in a bar and, and some, I don't know, some girlfriend of a guy would be just looking over at me just because I'm famous, you know, and then he'd take it like he, that she was. I don't know. You slept that, with her. that kind of yeah, you know, something like that, or, or like I'm trying to put yeah. his bird. You know what I mean? It, it, that kind of thing happened all the time, and um, you know they would pick fights with me, um, or maybe just because of famous. You know, just oh, I'm going to pick a fight with Chesney Hawks. You know, just for the yeah. hell of it. You know, uh, and I, you know, I had all sorts of mad things happen to me in those days, and Jody was always there uh, to to kind of step in. You know. Um, <laughs> Because I never started anything, but um, these people would always try and finish it. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I could totally imagine that, especially. God, do you think it would have been worse? Do you think, actually, this is a good question just came in mind. Do you think it would have been worse with social media? Like, I'll be the then? judge of that, if that's a good question or not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, that's actually, that's, that's something that I do think about. Um, 
because yeah social media definitely uh kind of i think amplifies that um and not not just um that kind of like you know face-to-face stuff that, that i always had you would also have like what feels like you know arrows coming at you at all times you know because yeah. you know what twitter does uh you know what twitter and instagram and all of them really is mm-hmm. it, it gives people the ability to just just say something and and it doesn't really have any filter you know you, you don't have enough characters to filter it out in a way you know so yeah. so that 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 kind of if if you want that there's these people out there that will just you know the haters or whatever will just say oh Chesney York is a camp or whatever you know <laughs> or it, and and that kind of thing does happen yeah. um you know it gets it still happens I get I get it now so I, I I can't imagine what it must be like for you know for Ed Sheeran or you know Justin yeah. Bieber or whatever um I mean, you know, I mean, I've heard that that Ed Sheeran actually just doesn't even have a phone now. He just he's, he just gave up his phone. Really? He doesn't even use. No, he doesn't. He's not on any social media. Yeah. So it's Born. crazy, isn't it? But yeah. So, <laughs> I, I mean, maybe that's why. I, I don't know. You have to ask him next. You've got him on next week, haven't you? Yeah. Well, with your help. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it. I'll give him a call. Oh, shit. He doesn't have a phone. <laughs> um yeah if you have any of your other mates yeah that'd be great uh we'll, we'll get we'll get your dad on and we'll get some uh Chris on as well that'd be great just plug yeah. me in there <laughs> um, <laughs> who this actually kind of leading on to the next question who, who would you say was probably your uh who was the best person you've kind of toured with or you've been on the same stage with um wow i've toured with so many people over the years um the people that come to mind, uh, my favorite, I think, ever, because I toured quite a lot with him um, in 93 or something like that. We did an arena tour with him, is uh, Huey Lewis. He's no so way. great. Oh, he was awesome. What oh a my lovely God. man. What a lovely, lovely man. And he gave me so many tips, uh, yeah. tips, I mean, so much great advice. You know, he, one of the things he said to me, and in fact, a lot of these people like him, um, you know, legends right Rod Dolce said the same thing Nick Kershaw said the same thing my dad said the same thing was just never stop playing live mm. you know that is where you learn your craft that is where you you gain uh you know the right fans the right people um and it's also you know it, it just that's that's it that's what it's all about it's about performing you know so so I I took that to heart when he said that uh, one night after a couple of beers after a show <laughs> Um, and uh, I never stopped playing. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen him since. I would love to bump into him now, you know, all these years later. Uh, but, you know, I've toured with Brian Adams and he was great too. Um, you know, uh, Extreme were on that, ba- on that uh, bill. Do you remember that band? More Than no, Words? I haven't heard of Extreme now. Yeah, yeah they, they probably will do. Was, was More Than Words. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I do. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> you might have to bring out a cover of that, mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, here, well, uh, Run for the Hills. Uh, Kate Bush is actually it came second in the charts because uh, of Stranger mm-hmm. Things. Not crazy. You mean running, running up that hill. Oh, uh, running up the hill. Sorry, running up the hill. Yeah, brilliant song. Oh, brilliant that, song. Al- that whole album is amazing. I was so in love with Kate Bush at that point. That was she was yeah. my absolute like I loved her. You know, it's um cloud bustings on that on that album um, and babushka remember fact, that one she was really yeah well that was before that that was like yeah. 70s you know so she is yeah she's one of my faves i love kate bush 
absolutely brilliant artist yeah, yeah so what you're saying that. is that stranger stranger things brought that back in the charts did it they brought that back in the charts and obviously harry styles is doing this mad run with as it was and uh yeah. This was challenging it. This was challenging the first place spot, but because Stranger Things obviously had it in the uh, in their uh, one of their episodes, and um, because that Stranger Things is massive, it yeah. got a lot of people downloading it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I mean, you know, it's a genius record. There's no doubt yeah. about it. I, I absolutely love that record. Always did. Yeah. But that, that that's amazing. You said who, Lewis? Like, see back that back to the future soundtrack. Absolutely fucking fantastic. I can't oh, believe incredible. you got the like. Oh my god. I, no, I got to really properly know him and you know it was really it was a great tour really fun he used to let us on stage with him um what was the song uh there's a song of his uh something about work going back to work or something anyway it kind to be of, square? Uh, it ha- no not hip to be square it wasn't one of the big the big ones no. uh, the power of love or anything like that right. but no it was uh something like uh I d- 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 something like about work i can't remember i have to look it up anyway it had a yeah. chant in it and and he's he was like you got you got to come on stage with me man so we actually all all the band we all used to come on stage on that song and sing the chant part of the no chorus way. of that song yeah and he'd be like that's chesney hawks man <laughs> <laughs> he was great he was a really really lovely guy Oh, that's sick, mate. Oh, I'm so jealous. Love that. It's good hearing like stories like that, though. Um, but yeah, Chesney, I, I don't want to take any more of your time. This was great. It was really good getting to know you um, on a personal level. And hopefully we've uncovered some things that are not on the internet that you could just Google search nowadays. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah. yeah what, what, what's kind of just to end it here? Um, what's kind of like your future plans? You're still touring and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm on tour at the moment. Um, with just uh, with my band, uh, doing it's kind of festival season, isn't it? So we're, you yeah. know, we're doing loads of festivals. We're, uh, uh, I'm, I've got a a box set that I've just put out, and so that is uh, that's going good guns at the moment. And I have a new album coming out in the, well, hopefully later on this year. I've got a podcast that I've just launched. Oh, uh, We're going to be at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival doing that podcast this year. Amazing. So, yeah, I got I've got all sorts of things going. I've just written a musical. I mean, it's you know, I'm a busy boy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if anyone's interested in in anything uh that I've just mentioned, uh chesneyhawks.com is like galactic central point for me. <laughs> Brilliant. That's a good plug. No, thanks very much for doing this, mate. It was a pleasure meeting you and talking to you. Yeah, it was great. I hope hopefully we got some shit at all and we definitely had a banter. Yeah, we can do it. <laughs>